I love that clip from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I cannot endorse that movie because it has an R rating. So I can't encourage you guys out to. I can't encourage you guys to go out and watch the movie. But it's very funny. So when you turn, I don't know what is it, seventeen, you know, help yourselves. But anyways, I love that clip because Steve Martin and John Candy are going in the wrong direction. And I think that's such a great picture of where a lot of us are and really where most of the world is at. You know, there are so many people who are going in the wrong direction, correct? You know, and what was amazing is that John Candy and Steve Martin, they felt so strongly that they were going in the right direction that they chose to antagonize these people who were actually there to help them. You know, and many of us are in the same spot, you know, and there's many people in this world who like are going through life and, you know, you guys in here, good natured may may go to them and say, hey, you know, have you ever thought about this or or have you, you know, tried this or, you know, hey, maybe you might think about God or something like that, you know, and they're like, ah, screw you, you know, I like the direction I'm going and darn it, I'm going to stay there, you know. In fact, I remember just recently, I was speaking to a student, and this student, you know, a direct quote was, I like my life as it is right now, you know? And, and, and their life was not fulfilling. Their life was one of emptiness. But yet they said, you know what? I am really enjoying where I'm at. And so right now, I could care less about God, you know? And so some of you in this room are on the right side of the road, let's say. Some of us are on the wrong side of the road, let's say. And my life growing up was very much a life of going on the wrong side of the road, very much going in the wrong direction. And some of you know my story. Many of you do not. But I began... And I don't, this is not private information. I don't care who you tell, you know, because I'm certainly not ashamed of where I came from or my past. And God has certainly kind of brought me, you know, to where I am for a reason. But when in seventh grade, I remember this specifically, a friend of mine said, hey, I got some pot. You want to smoke some pot, you know? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, it was the summer, we were bored. Yeah, let's smoke some pot, you know? And so I smoked it. And got crazy high. I mean, I was just totally gone, puking my butt off and stuff, you know. But I was like, man, this is cool, you know. So this is in the seventh grade, right? And so I chose to purchase some marijuana from this friend. And so he sold me a bag of pot, you know. And this time when I tried it, oh, it was the worst I had ever tried in my life. I was like, this is of course, I'm in seventh grade. This is only my second time, and so how am I supposed to know what's good or bad? But it was just like, it was disgusting. It did nothing to me, right? And so what I chose to do is recoup my cost, expenses, and so I chose to attempt to sell it at school. And at school, I sold it to someone, and they in, tur- in turn sold it to someone else, and they in turn sold it to someone else. Well, in that proceeding, the last interaction, the last exchange of this bag, they were caught by the school. 
And so the school asked them, well, where did you get it from? Trust us. You know, if you tell us, you won't get in trouble. You know, no, really, if you just tell us the truth, nothing will happen to you, you know. And so they proceed to narc down the line, you know. And so it gets to me, and of course, the school calls me, you know. And my parents, thank God, were out of town. But actually, it was the mom who called me. I don't even remember the kid's name, but let's say Stevie, whatever. Stevie's mom calls me and says, Glenn, there's been this situation at school, and Stevie has been caught selling something that you had sold to him. And all we want to know is who's, who you sold, you know, who you bought it from. Oh, and trust me, you won't be in trouble if you tell us, you know? And I'm like, you know, I'm about to pee in my pants, you know, here. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to jail or something. So I will say anything. Okay, it was Jimmy Hughes across the street. Who it was? That was his name, Jimmy Hughes. And, um, you know, and so, okay, thank you very much. Well, then... My parents get a call. I have to go in school. Da, 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 da. And so we're all sitting around this conference table in the school, and the principal's talking to us. And he's saying, well, you know, the worst you guys are going to be able to get is, like, in-school suspension because what you're selling wasn't real. And we're like, what? What are you talking about? Well, it wasn't real. We were selling oregano, all right? I had smoked oregano, and I was like, oh, this is nasty. I'm going to sell it. And so all of us seventh graders were selling oregano to each other, you know. Thank God, though, because, you know, had it been the real deal, then, I don't know, I, my life may have ended at that point, you know. And so I got in, in school suspension, right? Well, when I'm in there, you know, it's a place where you're supposed and, and when I had in-school suspension, it was a place like a prison. You basically had these dividers between you. If you talked, you know, a lion would come out and just, you know, you know, and stuff like that. You'd just be, you were actually afraid. And, like, all day long you wrote 10,000 lines of, like, oh, my gosh, I'll respect my adults or something, you know, the adults or teachers or whatever. Well, when I was in seventh grade, I had a paper route, and often... The people that my customers, the 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 residents, homeowners, they would give tips. And there was this one family. They worked for Mars Corporation, M and M's. You know, Mars candy bars. They basically sold candy bars, right? And so, for a tip, when I'd go around and collect, you know, and stuff like that, they would give me bags of candy bars, you know. And it was like awesome, you know. And so I had way too many that I could ever know what to do with. And so I would end up taking them to school and selling them, right? So here I am in, in school suspension, already busted for selling drugs. I had candy bars on me. I had eaten them, and I had sold some earlier or something like that. So this kid in, 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 in school suspension passes me a note and says, do you have any more? And I write on there, no, I sold my last one to such and such. So I'm passing the note back, and the teacher grabs the note. And again, what's the only thing on there? Do you have any more? No, I sold my last one to such and such. So needless to say, the teacher did not believe me when I tried to explain, no, really, it's a candy bar. You know, and they, they're like, dude, you're dealing drugs. What's going on here, you know? I mean, didn't you learn your lesson? I'm like, no, really, you know? And it was just like, I, you know, I couldn't explain it away. I was like, I couldn't, you know, and so... It sucked because my integrity, my word, was flushed down the toilet in essence, you know? And so 
you know, that that escalated. My, you know, that wasn't the end of it. I began to party more and in high school, began to drink and do drugs more in high school. And I had friends, but I was kind of, you know, all my, you know, all my friends were popular, but I was still kind of on the outside. You know, I still wasn't in. You know, I knew the in crowd, but I wasn't quite on the in. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And so, again, my parents, my parents went away a lot. And uh, I had, I'm the youngest of seven, so I had a l- older brothers and sisters that would take care of me. But you know what's funny is that when we would go on trips, my brothers and sisters, because we had nine total people in our family, wait, seven, yes, nine total people in our family, we would have to take, like, two cars. And I remember one family, one trip, I was sitting in the back seat, and my brothers were on each side of me, and one of them would put something, put something up to their mouth, inhale, begin to go, <coughs> and pass it on to my other brother right in front of me. And he would, like, <coughs> and pass it on the next. I didn't know what they were doing, but they were smoking a joint right in front of me, and I was probably, like, five years old, you know? And so... These are the brothers and sisters that my parents would entrust me to when they were gone, you know. So I didn't know any better. So anyway, so they're gone. It's a, it, it was like a Labor Day holiday where you have Monday off. And so we were at the, the movies up at the mall like on a Saturday night. And I was planning on having some people over Sunday night because we didn't have school on Monday. And so as we're seeing people up at the theater oh, yeah, my parents are at home. Why don't you come over on Sunday? You know, oh, sure, why not? You know, cool. Well, and again, I knew a lot of the in crowd, but I wasn't quite on the in crowd, and they knew me. Well, my one of my buddies, Steve Bowles was his name, best friend growing up, one of them, and he was definitely on the in crowd. Well, he shows up at my house, and he's, Glenn, he's like, Glenn, you better prepare yourself because the whole freaking school is coming to your house tonight. You know, I'm like, What? He's like, dude, the word is out. Your house is the place to be. The party's at your house. Everybody's coming. I'm like, cool. This sounds like fun. Let's do it, you know? And so we literally had over 200 people in my house. You know, I mean, it was crazy. Cars parked all over the streets. And this was like in fall. And so the grass was wet outside. There were more leaves in my house than there were outside, you know. The place was trash. Bottles of beer everywhere. Beer cans and, 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 and bottle caps everywhere. All my parents' liquor was gone, you know. Thank God nothing was really stolen of any value. Holes were punched in the walls. Tables were broken. People were out in the backyard just totally, like, trampling through and passing out in my dad's prized flower garden, you know, and stuff like that. And and my brother comes home, and he, he's like, Glenn, I have never had a party like this, you know? And they're the ones who party all the time. And so they did the good, they did the good job of being the bouncers and kicked everybody out. And, you know, the next morning I looked at my house, and it was just like trash. I'm like, crap. So Monday I spent all day cleaning, and I'm like, oh, jeez. Tuesday I get to school, and I'm like, oh, God, you know? Walking through the halls, still discouraged because my parents weren't home yet. So I'm still waiting on the wrath of mom and dad. And so I'm walking through the halls, and there are complete strangers coming up to me like, Glenn, that was the best party I've ever been to in my life. 
dude, you are the man, you know? And all of a sudden, I'm like, really? Wow, that's cool. All right. You know, and everybody's talking about it. That was the, you know, if you were not there, you missed out because that was pretty much the party of the year, you know? And all of a sudden, these people who were in the inn, were on the inn, start coming to me and saying, hey, I'm having a party at my house this weekend. You want to come? I'm like, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. And so what began to happen is I began to fill my life with these things of, you know, really not of any worth, but to me, this was making me popular. People were talking to me. I'm like, dude, partying is the answer, you know? And so through high school, I I made it an art form. I mean, I was getting wasted all the time and just craziness, you know? And I even now carried it even further into college. In college, I started dealing drugs big time, cocaine, pot, whatever. And at the end of my freshman year, I'd spent all the money I'd saved on college, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, flushed down the toilet because of my drug habit. And I was hopeless. I was like, what is up? You know? And you know what's crazy is that this was never supposed to happen to a guy like me. I went to church all my life. Every Sunday, my parents were taking me to church. I was even vice president and president of my youth group. My other best friend, um, Mark Miller, he was the pastor's son. And on ski trips with our church, we would try to see who could smuggle in the most alcohol on these ski trips. This is the pastor's son, you know? We would be like, who can outdo each other? You know, I didn't know any different, but yet I was going to church every Sunday, you know? Who likes chocolate milk? Who, who in here likes chocolate milk? Everybody, lo- who doesn't like chocolate milk, you know? And um, today, I was drinking vanilla milk from the, from the cafeteria, and I didn't realize there are so many people who are against Vanilla milk. How, how many of you like the cafeteria's vanilla milk? I love it. It's like a liquid milkshake. It's beautiful. You know, you don't get stuck on the straw or anything like that. But, you know, you are drinking vanilla milk. Well, today or tonight, I want to kind of demonstrate something. So, here I am, Glenn Nielsen, model child. On the outside, people looked at me like, wow, Mr. and Mrs. Nielsen, you have a great son. He's vice president, president of the youth group. I was doing social things. I was doing uh, community things. I was cleaning up trash you know, around the community and stuff. And so I thought I was a really good guy. But yet on the inside, I mean, I was miserable. But I was doing drugs and all that. But on the outside, people didn't know. And so my life at that point was pretty much just this, milk. If you tasted it, what would it taste like? Milk, straight up, you know? But if people would ask me, you know, hey, do you go to church? Yeah, you should go to church. Church is cool. But yet if anyone were to look at my life, they would say, dude, it's just milk. What's up with that, you know? I want something to it, you know? So when I was in college, I I went to George Mason University for the first year and a half of my college career, which is a total blur because I was pretty much toast every time I went to class and stuff. And so I transferred to West Virginia University to kind of get away from that whole scene. And at West Virginia University, my best friend to this day, Mark Huffman, great guy, he even introduced me to my wife, which is really cool. He was the best man at my wedding. 
If you've ever had a chance to meet Justine, she is the hottest babe in the world. And I pray that every guy in here will get, to the, get the privilege and honor to marry a girl like her because she is way better than I ever imagined, you know, I would ever bag in life. You know, she is like the best, you know. And, and ultimately, guys are just out there like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, she is like a trophy. She really is. And she hates it when I show her off to others. But I'm like, this is my wife. I love going out in public with her because I'm like, she's with me. You know, she is so awesome. Her, she's like got an amazing uh, personality. She's beautiful. She's incredible with kids. I'm like, what have I done to deserve her? And the answer is nothing, you know. She basically had pity on me saying, dude, you're never going to find anybody. You know what? Mercy, yeah, here we go. You know, I'll give you some attention. And, and, and sooner or later, she was like, oh, he's all right, you know. And she ended up, you know, accepting my, and, and that's a whole other story. Anyway, so here we go. Um, so here I am at college. What what have to do with her anyway? So um, here we are at college, right? West Virginia University. Oh, cause Mark Huffman introduced my wife Justine, who's so beautiful. She's awesome. Anyway, so so my best friend, right? He my my roommate, who was not Mark Huffman, said, "Hey, you should go check out this group at college on campus. It's called Campus Crusade for Christ." Now this. Group right here at Timber Creek High School is called Student Venture. And Student Venture is basically the high school ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ. And so this was the college version of what you guys are doing right now. And so very similar to you, I walked into this group and I'm like, dude, this is filled with all these awesome people, very diverse, cool people who could very well... It's probably wrong. Anyways, they could articulate their relationship with God in a way I had never heard before in my life. In a way that I had never heard at church. And maybe they were saying it, but you know what? I wasn't listening when I was going to church. And so these guys are talking about God like they knew him personally. Like, I was like, I want that. That is so cool. And there's one time my buddy Mark Huffman we were going to this crusade party, and a clean party. There wasn't going to be drinking or anything there. It's just, you know, hey, let's go have a good time. And he was trying to help me kind of get out of that habit. Well, two houses down, there was a real party going on, and we get out of the car, and this guy throws a full beer bottle right at us, and it lands at our feet. And Mark looks at me and says, hey, Glenn, let's go talk to these guys. And I'm like, yeah, let's go talk to these guys. And I'm getting ready to get in a fight. You know, I'm like preparing myself to get hit. I'm building up my adrenaline, you know, because I'm like, you know, I've been in fights in the past. I'm like, yeah, let's beat the crap out of these guys. Yeah, you know. And so we go over and Mark finds this guy who threw the beer bottle. And he begins to talk with this guy. And right there on the sidewalk in front of this party, Mark begins to share with this guy. First, he finds out where this guy's coming from. He totally enters into this guy's life. And this guy willingly allows him because of how Mark is expressing an interest in this guy. He's like, dude, the beer bottle is separate. We don't care about that. And he begins to talk to him about how he can have a relationship with God. And that is like one of the first times I ever heard about having a relationship with God. And Mark didn't realize it, but at that time when he's talking to this complete stranger, he's also sharing this with me for the pretty much, I think, the first time I'd ever heard it. 
And I'm like, dude, I want that. That is so awesome. And I realized that what I was missing was, my, was, was God. God created everyone in here to know him. Everyone in here. And you've heard this before. Some of you have. Many of you have. But without him, we are empty. And I was trying to fill that emptiness with everything but him. And so I didn't realize that my sin was keeping me from knowing him. And so Mark was explaining to me, you know what? Dude, you need to go to God. You need to turn your life. You need to turn your own, the ownership of your life over to him. And just give it to him and trust him to live out his life through you. And so a short while later, I did. So here's my life again. I love the foam on the top. You know, it's, it's beautiful, nice and refreshing. I wish I had a chocolate chip cookie to go along with it. That would be beautiful. Anyways, so... Here I am realizing my need for God. And so basically, I turned the ownership of my life over to him. You know? And so there I am. I have now believed and trusted that God wants me to know him. And I have actually asked him to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. But you know what? And so this is my life. But you know what? What would this milk taste like? Milk. Right? And then chocolate, if you finish it, true. But the point is this. Even though I had a relationship with God, I wasn't truly trusting him. I really was not turning my life over to him. I would go to our crusade meetings at night, similar to this. And after the meeting, I would go down to the strip of bars on campus and just get hammered. Because at that point, I still wasn't understanding that, you know what, God might not want you to do this. And so I'm, like, you know, I'm going having a great time like you guys are doing right now, you know, worshiping and, and singing to God and talking to others about God. But then right after that, I'm going down to the bars and just getting hammered. And I'm clueless. I don't know that there's a problem with that. In fact, I remember this guy's name, this guy, his name is Mike. We were beginning to develop a friendship at Campus Crusade. I was down at the bars. I came out totally hammered, probably stumbling, and Mike was there, and I was talking to Mike, and this was, you know, we had our meetings Thursday nights, and this was Thursday night, and so Mike's talking. I mean, we, and I think we'd maybe just even seen each other that night at, at Crusade. And we're talking, and Mike was like, you know, some people at Crusade might not approve of this. I was like, oh, they need to lighten up, you know. What's wrong with this? That's all good. Come on, dude. Let me buy you a drink, you know. And he's like, no, that's all right, you know. I never saw him ever again at a Campus Crusade meeting, ever again. And I hope to God, and I prayed, and, and, and I felt really guilty, but I hope that it wasn't because of me. But you know what? After we had that conversation, he never came back. So I don't know if I had a negative impact on him or not, but the point is, he saw my life, and all he saw was milk, even though I had already begun to have a relationship with God. Well, then my buddy Mark Huffman says, yo, dude, over spring break, we're going to Daytona Beach, Florida. All of Campus Crusade, or a lot of them, are going there. And you know what? We're going to go, and we're going to have an incredible incredible time with God, and we're going to learn more about our relationship with God. And so here I am again. Here's my life. Mm-mm-mm. And so I go on this trip, and this trip, you know, you guys have an opportunity coming up this summer from June 6th through the 13th 
It's called the Getaway. How many of you guys have ever been to a student metric getaway? They're amazing. And guys, you know what? This summer, you will have the same opportunity that I had when I was in college. It totally blew my mind. And I want to tell you guys, this is it. If you want to say, Glenn, when was that moment that you really knew? Or when, when was that moment that your life really turned around? It was when I was at Daytona Beach, Florida with Campus Crusade. That was the most defining moment in my life. To this day, if you want to talk about a transformation, a change, a redirection, a U-turn, listening to someone and saying, you know what, Glenn, you need to get back on the right side of the road and start going. It was there because I experienced God in a way that I never experienced him before. And it was awesome because at that week, for the first time, I felt equipped, empowered. I felt like I knew what this whole thing was about. And that God wanted to use me to have an impact and influence on others. And I was like, the God of this universe, the creator of this world, wants to use me? He actually cares about me? He wants to change me? No way. And the answer is yes. The God who created you and knows you the best wants to use you to have an influence on others and to impact others. And most excitingly, he wants your life to just be awesome, filled with joy, transformed, amazing, empowering, so that when people see your life, There's not enough chocolate in there. Yeah, get some more Jesus in there. Anyways, um, you know, to the point where when people come across you, when you cross paths with someone, no longer are you just plain milk, quote unquote, with no Jesus, or plain milk with Jesus. You are chocolate milk. You know? God wants us to be chocolate milk to others. Seriously, when people, when God wants it so that when, when people come across our path, when people experience us, He wants them to experience Him. And you know what? If people aren't experiencing Him around you, just... You see, I want to be soft. I don't want to, you know, I mean, because, dude, no one's perfect, right? I mean, no one is perfect. And I don't want to come down hard on you guys because I realize everyone screws up and I screw up. You know, but if, if, if people are not experiencing God around you, then you just have to ask yourself, why not? Is it because you might not even have Jesus in your life? Is it because you truly haven't, Turn your life over to him? You know, why, why is that? And so I want to challenge you guys to get right with God because he wants to use you. You know what? He doesn't rely on you. He doesn't even need you. But that's what's so awesome is that he 
wants to use you. And he wants you to be chocolate milk. You know? And how do you become chocolate milk? Well, student venture, going to the getaway. You know, simply turning more and more of your life over to him. And it's hard. And you know what? When I, when I wanted to stop using drugs, it was hard. All my friends, I mean, there were literally four years of nonstop drug use, and that's what my identity was based on. All my friends were doing it. And those are my closest friends. And when I chose to stop doing drugs and trying to get my life right, guess what happened to my friends? They were gone. You know, they weren't, oh, Glenn, I really respect that. Yeah, awesome. They're just like, dude, all right, we're gone. You know, we're, on, we're going this direction if you want to come. But if not, you know, you know, we don't care. So, and God is not like that. God is with you 24-7. And he would never leave you. Ladies and gentlemen, be the chocolate milk. Remember that. All right, let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for this group of guys and girls in here. I see them every day on this campus, and I pray for them. I mean, they don't even realize how much I pray for everyone in this room and for others. And I ask you, God, that you will just continue to reveal yourself to them in new and refreshing ways. God, for those that don't even know you, Lord, I pray that you would help them to understand you and give them that opportunity, give them the understanding and the ability to truly turn their lives over to you. For those that have already done that, God, I pray that you would surround them with loving friends who can help them to see you God, whatever it is, reveal yourself to them and help them to understand you in greater ways. And God, for those in here who, Lord, are living for you and, and, and taste like chocolate milk, and when people are around them, they know it. They know who you are and who's living through them. I pray you would just encourage them, protect them, and continue to give them strength. We just love you, and we thank you so much for this night. Continue to be with us. In your name we pray. Amen.